Get ready for Crack the Customer Code, your audio guidebook for creating incredible customer journeys. Jeannie, I learned something in this interview. Did you? I mean, I learned a few things, but one thing that really stood out is that there was a book written about the worst business model in the world, and you were interviewed for it. (laughs) That's going to haunt me, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, it's so going to haunt you. (laughs) I I hope I didn't spoil the episode, because you will learn that as we go. But yes, it was very interesting to learn that. And of course, you don't have the worst business model in the world. (laughs) Well, in some ways, we do. We all do. We all do. And I think this is great because we kind of dive into the idea of how do you serve clients when you're an entrepreneur, when you might be a one person or a few people, you know, together, how do you do that in today's world? And so I, I love this conversation we have with Danny about it. Yeah. So Danny Schumann, he, he really shared, you know, we all have this entrepreneurial journey, right? And what I liked about Danny was he really shared how we have so many pitfalls in this journey, how it can be uh, challenging to say the least, and the the way you need to respond to those pitfalls and those challenges. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think anybody, even if you're not an entrepreneur, you're going to take something away from this because it really is about that kind of the highs and lows and how to stay positive and all sorts of great things. So I don't think it's just for entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurs especially will get a lot out of this. So should we jump in? I think we should. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Danny. Danny Schumann is a writer, marketer, and entrepreneur who has spent his career creating ideas to solve challenges. He founded Consultancy Twist in January 2009, working with big and small brands to develop successful brand strategy, focus on their message, and bring that message to the right people with great marketing materials. Before founding Twist, Danny wrote and creative directed marketing campaigns that helped build iconic brands like Quaker Oatmeal, Coors Light, and Gatorade. He and Michael Jordan started working on Gatorade on the same day. Michael called Danny peanut butter jelly boy, but that's a story for another time. His number one best-selling book, The Worst Business Model in the World, A New Kind of Guide for a New Kind of Entrepreneur, is available on Amazon today. Danny, welcome to Crack the Customer Code. How are you today? I am doing great. Thank you. It is awesome to be with you guys. Well, we are thrilled that you could join us. And I want to jump in and start with kind of the obvious question, I think. Maybe it's not obvious, but it seems obvious to me. Your book is actually titled The Worst Business Model in the World. So what does that mean? And why would people even want to know about that? <laughs> well, <laughs> who, who would even want the worst anything in the world is the real question. So I will try to explain. I am not a classically trained business person. I'm a writer by trade, yet I have been in business for about 10 years now. So the first few years in business, um, when people would ask me, you know, how did you get here? How are you surviving so far? And I would really say, I really have no idea. I think I must have the worst business model in the world. I never <laughs> made a business plan. I never set financial goals. I didn't have a perfect elevator speech. I never had a formal process that I followed. I didn't have any retainer clients that I could count on for income. And so um, that sounds like a pretty bad business model I would, <laughs> to me. As I say out loud, it sounds terrible. But you know, year three, year five, year seven, I survived. And so I got this notion that I was probably doing things that worked. And so the funny thing about 
all of us is we we often do things that work, but we don't really notice them. And we don't necessarily write them down and pay attention and capture them. And we just kind of keep fumbling along and hoping that we figure it out. And it usually works. But, you know, what if there was a way to actually remember what you did? And so <laughs> I started taking notes and I kept a lot of notes, a lot of scraps of paper online and physically. And um, the notes just kind of built up and built up and built up. And um, this is a true story. One night in the middle of the night, I wrote the book standing up in the dark in my underwear. <laughs> it just kind of woke me up. I keep a pad of paper and a pencil by my bed. I walked over there in the pitch black. I just kind of wrote down the pages, flipped the pages, wrote down the pages, flipped the pages. And fortunately, in the morning, I had something that was legible and made sense and formed the bones for the book. So um, what followed was uh, many months of interviews, speaking with uh, probably a hundred entrepreneurs to be able to get a broader perspective and kind of, I would talk to them about, you know, I have this notion around the worst business model in the world and they would relate to me how it related to them. And uh, a couple of years later, there was a book. <laughs> That's great. And I remember that first conversation we had, that was probably how we met. Was this, that? I believe, I believe Jeannie Walters was one of my interviews, which is yeah. like so awesome. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so Jeannie, let me be clear here. You were interviewed for a book called the worst business model in the world. <laughs> I, I just, I just want to clarify what we're oh, talking boy. about here. <laughs> this is going to provide me fodder for a long time. Thank you so much, Danny. <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, so anyways, I wanted to ask you about, U dots. And yes. since it was in print, I want to make sure I'm saying that right, first of all. That is absolutely pronounced perfectly correct. Okay. I didn't know if it was UDOTs or something weird. All right. U dots. So I can relate to the idea. It's hard to get everything right. So tell us about U dots and how should entrepreneurs handle it when things go wrong? Well, so U dots is an acronym, as people could probably tell. And I, I can't say I'm a huge acronym guy, but um, they certainly help people remember things. So U dots is an acronym for us doing our thing, U D O T. And it really describes the people who are, when I say out here, I mean not necessarily working for the man or the woman, not in a nine to five job, doing what they really love, what they're good at, what they care about, what they're passionate about. But they could use some help, they could use some tools, some strategies. Uh, to be able to build a thriving business around that expertise and that passion. So UDOTs don't necessarily have the greatest business acumen in the world. Sometimes if they do, they don't have the time to use it. They just need some community. And that's what UDOTs is all about. And that's why they are featured in the book. So the book is about UDOTs. And um, the, your question around what to do when things go wrong is, is, is so relevant and important to UDOTs. So the... First thing I would say about when things go wrong is a bit of a cliche, and that is um, embrace it and uh, as an opportunity to learn. And, you know, failure is one of the greatest things in the world for a UDOT, for an entrepreneur, because it enables us to be able to do it better the next time and to let it guide us going forward. Um, there's a chapter in the book called Turn Wrongs into Rights, and it's really about positivity and positivity being contagious. What I would ask people or challenge people to do when things become tricky or difficult or when things go wrong is to be the optimist in the room. And like, and I think this is so true, and you can tell me, for customer experience is just reminding yourself of the knowledge that you have and being able to share that with your clients to help them approach things more positive, positively because it's contagious. And 
when you kind of project that, I think it's um, really helpful for your client customer partners to be able to do that as well. I love that. And I think the one of the things that uh, I'm probably not going to say this quite right, but one of the things that stood out to me about this kind of part as well was to kind of take a deep breath and just be grateful that you've got the work, that you've got those relationships, that even if things aren't going right, you, you're you in that position for a good reason. Um, and so being the optimist is important, I think, because and it's you've been, around us. Yeah, it's so true. And you, you've been hired for a reason. You know, I tell a quick story in the book about a workshop that I was leading. Um, and I was hired by a really good old friend and client. And midway through the workshop, um, her boss showed up and basically tried to pull the plug in the middle of the workshop. And so really what she and I did was just listen to him and try to understand what his, what his problems were. And they they were a little more deep-seated than just what was going on in the, in the room that day, as you could probably guess. Mm-hmm. We, we, listened, <laughs> we listened to him and understood specifically what it was that he was having a problem with. And we basically shifted the entire agenda of the day to address that one thing and we worked on it together. We kind of recreated the agenda later in the afternoon and went forward to solve that particular thing. So it's just an example of things will go wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what you do when they go wrong with your trusted partner, um, staying positive and optimistic. I know it's kind of like a soft skill, but it really can make real things happen. Yeah. Yeah. You could, well, you could I, have gotten. Oh, sorry, Jenny. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was going to say, you could have gotten two chapters out of that story. Uh, <laughs> the, the other one would be yeah. how, how not to lead a team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, that's, that's the sequel. <laughs> um, well, and I, I, I just like that kind of attitude about it. And one of my favorite, I think the whole book has that attitude, which I really appreciate because one of my favorite chapter titles is hug a client <laughs> and literally just seeing that title brought back all these memories of like, Oh, I, I remember that time I, you know, had the first meeting with this incredible woman. And as I got up to leave, she was like, is it okay if I hug you? <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I love hugging clients. This is great. Yeah. Um, so I might relate to this a little bit more, but why did you dedicate a chapter to this? And how does this specific idea kind of relate to our listeners focused on customer experience and customer service? Well, when I... Uh, just the 30 seconds of advertising background. When I worked in the ad world, um, people in the creative department where I resided had a kind of a disdain for clients because they mm-hmm. felt like they were there to, to ruin their work, basically to, to make, to change it, to make it different than what they originally concepted. And sometimes they thought it was, they were there to kind of, their purpose was to ruin the work, which is so not true because the clients were the experts and they were just right. trying to help make the work better. So when I became a UDOT, when I became an entrepreneur, and when it comes to customer experience, I think, you know, I don't think it's not, I don't think it's just about liking clients or liking your partners. I think it's about loving them mm-hmm. and, and like being able to hang with them, go out with them, spend time socially with them if you can. And, um, and, and sometimes, you know, there's a flip side to that too, which is not just loving them all the time, but also having a really good straight up honest conversation with them sometimes and, you know, bringing the truth and sometimes, you know, bringing the hard truth and like providing that really valuable input to them that helps create and cement a strong relationship. You know, when I think about um, clients and long-term clients, I, I talk about it in the book about like, it's kind of like courting someone who you hope will date you forever, not necessarily <laughs> wanting to get married. Cause you can't, 
you, you can't base a business on one client. But if you think about how you romance that client and, you know, send that client good things, whether it's a type of food that that person likes or really valuable information that they could use in your business in their business um, and really kind of courting that person so that you stay together for a long, long time. <laughs> Hopefully those hugs will keep coming. Right. But not marriage. But not marriage. <laughs> but not marriage. Don't go there. <laughs> We'll pivot from the anti-marriage stance here. <laughs> <laughs> so this is actually on the same topic because I was very struck by a word you use, which is unapologetically, because Jeannie and I in customer experience live in the world of gray and uh, lots of apologies because, mm. you know, mm. customers think uh, we've done something wrong now. In Jeannie's case, it's never true. But I, I often, I often mess up, of course. Uh, but yeah, the idea of being unapologetically loyal. So tell us about the basic concept and really about that adjective. Why that word? Or mm. Well, that's really interesting. That's, a, that's an interesting question because I, when I think of being unapologetically loyal, I always lean into the loyal part. I even, didn't even consider the unapologetically part as much. So I love the question. I mean, it's really about not being satisfied with satisfaction. It's about um, it's about having a connection to a person, a client, a brand, a product. And more than anything else, it's about kind of like to talk about it, it's about embracing sameness and radically embracing sameness and unapologetically. <laughs> like, again, going back a little to the ad world, like, people were always really into the latest, coolest thing. You know, who's the, who's the newest, coolest, hottest editor, musician, you know, director, and in my mind, I always liked working with the same people over and over and over. Not always, but often. And unapologetically, because what happens when you establish those relationships is that you kind of create a history and a common language and uh, a, a way to kind of communicate with each other that is more quick, it's more efficient, you have a shorthand that you develop, maybe some inside jokes, potentially, and What's better than that when you have a customer or a client that like you have that kind of a relationship? So it's really unapologetically is about um, not being concerned about the hottest, hippest, coolest, newest thing uh, or the next thing even necessarily, which is kind of against, you know, the standard thinking. But it's about like what's worked for you in the past and um, creating relationships with those people who have helped you make things work in the past and having no apologies about it whatsoever. Oh, well, that, that's interesting because it's really a two-way street. You want your clients to be unapologetically loyal too. You want them to uh, not be chasing uh, the lowest price or the newest fad or anything like that. You want them to know your value, right? Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, theoretically, if you show that to them, they will show it back to you. And that's the beauty of it. And and, and hopefully they, you know, hopefully they see that in you. They see that you are not distracted from them because you are so focused on them. And hopefully what they do is kind of return that, that um, not really favor, return that, um, that value and that, that, that dedication and that loyalty. I like that. Right now. I like that too. And I, I also love your idea of radical saneness. <laughs> we need more of that in our world today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how often do you, are you doing something successful with a client? And then something happens with a client potentially wants to change it or you want to change it or someone just gets bored of it. There's a million different reasons why 
it might get switched up. Um, the business dips a little bit or personnel changes. Um, and so you, you think maybe we should adjust to this. Even when something has been working pretty well consistently over a fairly decent period of time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, throughout the book and the stories you tell and the way you tell them, I think it is kind of funny, isn't it, that we all, um, we all do this when it's it's not a great business model in many cases. So if it's really the worst business mo- model out there, how why do we all do this to ourselves? <laughs> what the hell is going on with us? Well, I mean, I, I you know, if it was a workshop, I would ask the question back to you and I bet I would know the answer. But let me guess at what you'd say and you can confirm it. I mean, I think that um, because we like it and, and in most cases we love it and you know, sometimes we can get blinded by that that love and that desire to continue to do what we're doing. You know, we, we, we're all we're all pretty I'd say we're all pretty one dimensional in the way that we think on a daily basis. And sometimes it's hard to get out of our own way. Um, it's easy to get in a rut. Um, but then we come back to the part where I really like doing this and I really like my life as I do this. I really like the flexibility and the freedom that I have as I do this. And um, I like the client base that I've created. If you really look back on um, what you've created, what you do on a daily basis, um, what you've carved out of the world for you from a work perspective and a time perspective, um, it's really worth the why the hell do we do this question? Why do we suffer through the pains? And why do we endure, you know, bumpy periods or potentially periods where income isn't as consistent. Um, I think it's because we're able to do what we want to do in the way that we do it. And, you know, that's hard to beat. If there was a seesaw and on one side was all of that and the other side was, you know, the pain involved, I think the pain involved would be way up in the air and the good stuff would be all the way down on the ground. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. I like it. That's a good question. (laughs) does that does that approximate the way you would have answered the question yeah for sure i mean i often will um you know face the decisions that many of us face as entrepreneurs as you know somebody dangles a job offer or something that sounds like oh stability (laughs) that sounds amazing (laughs) and then you start thinking about it and you're like well maybe not that amazing because i really do like the the things i do and the way I work with people and kind of the flexibility. So you're right. I mean, we all, none of us woke up and decided like to do this because we hated it. (laughs) (laughs) A lot more pain. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Hey, look, if if you're profitable, it's not the worst business model. It just (laughs) feels like it, right? (laughs) Well, it has been, been, it has been pointed out to me that the book isn't actually about the worst business model in the world. It's yeah, it's about creating your own best version of whatever <laughs> business model works for you. And it really isn't a model at all, as much as um, some hopefully insightful thoughts and insights and tools that can help you create it in the way that you want it, that helps you most. No, I love that. And I love, you know, one of the things that's interesting to me and the slew of business books that comes out, not every week, but every day, is to hear from people that have actually done it, who've succeeded as entrepreneurs and sharing their lessons so that those of us who are on the same journey 
can say, oh, hey, you know, that applies to me. That applies to me. So it's it's great that you woke up uh, one night and wrote a book in a night that was out two years later. So (laughs) (laughs) and we we appreciate it and we appreciate you being here. So uh, tell our listeners uh, where they can find you, hook up all that stuff, get the book. Well, primarily, um, if you go to Hey You Dots on Facebook or Twitter, that's H-E-Y-U-D-O-T-S. We would love for you to join the community uh, and come aboard. Um, and then the other part of my life, which is my branding and marketing consultancy, is called Twist. And you can find that at twistyourthinking.com. T-W-I-S-T-Y-O-U-R-T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. Twistyourthinking.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Danny. This was a lot of fun. And I really encourage people to check out the book because it's it's a fun read. It's not, you know, a traditional business book that puts you to sleep. It's something that is fun to read. And there were many moments that I could relate to and many ideas. So everybody should go check out the worst business model in the world. <laughs> thank you very much. There, there are pictures and worksheets and each chapter is no more than one, two or three pages and it shouldn't take you that long to read it. So I appreciate the recommendation, and I love being on with you guys today. I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Danny. Have a great day. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Jane. Okay, bye-bye. Well, I think that Danny really stays kind of at that level of being optimistic and positive but realistic, and I really, really appreciate that because I think as entrepreneurs sometimes – we paint a picture of it's going to be great. Everything's so flexible. Um, and yet in reality, it can be scary. It can be a lot of ups and downs. And sometimes clients do drive you crazy. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, this goes back to the e-myth. And obviously, you know, we've discussed my background. I'm a third generation entrepreneur. So I I, I went into it with uh you know, uh, no rose colored glasses at all. <laughs> I had shattered glasses <laughs> that did, that were out of focus, I think going in because yeah, I mean, it, it, it is truly, you know, there's a lot of mythology to entrepreneurship and some of what's on TV doesn't help that. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly rewarding. It is incredibly um, freeing in a lot of ways, but you know, if you think you're going to get in. It's going to be easy and uh, everybody's going to be doing the work for you. Well, I got some, I got some swamp land here in Florida. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the other thing that I found really refreshing was how he was kind of like, yeah, it, there really isn't a business model for a lot of people. Like they literally just kind of start doing what they're passionate about and then have to figure that part out. And so knowing that you're part of that bigger community can really be helpful and supportive as well. So yeah, it was fun. Danny's a fun guy. Yay, entrepreneurs. Yes. Three cheers for you. All right, Janie, (laughs) take us away. Well, three cheers for our listeners as well, because we so appreciate you listening to Crack the Customer Code. And please subscribe if you haven't yet. Our subscribers get newly released episodes immediately. And of course, our friendship forever. So Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Be sure to check out all the great content at c-suiteradio.com and c-suitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me, speaking, training, workshops, all sorts of stuff at cxcontent.com. And I'm Adam Dupork, and you can learn about my keynote speaking, customer service workshops, virtual training, all kinds of other good stuff at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.